When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have such stories I could tell you. And we want to hear them, really. If you don't tell us, we won't know. I know what you're asking. Just for an hour. Very tricky. What's the point in having a mate with a time machine if you can't? Hold to open. Hold to open. Yes, and what do you do? We read the time waves. I don't understand. Events sit as they will. We only witness. All we can strive to be is good men. I want to know what happens. Come on. Hello, hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, the only ongoing quest on your podcast aisle to watch all of the television show Doctor Who in entirely random order. My name is Chris Taylor. And I'm Pete Paschal, and we are not randomly here in time and space at the end of the year, folks. This is the uh, last pull to open of the year. We are imminently going to arrive at January 1st, 2024. We're closing out uh, this really momentous year in the world of Doctor Who. Um, But uh, we have some things to share. Uh, about what's going on here. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Chris, do you want to bring the listeners up to speed on where we have been lately? Indeed. Should old pull-to-opens be forgot and never brought to mind? Yes, they will never be forgot, and we will bring them to mind. And let's bring to mind where we've been recently in the last three journeys. Uh, Three stories ago, we were taking a uh, little drug-based break in, uh, in the Amsterdam of space uh, with the smuggling of the drug Vraxo in Vraxoxin. In uh, Vraxoxin, yes. You had it I the first the time. The yeah, you're good. There we go. I'm good. Uh, in Nightmare of Eden, which uh, we dubbed The Wire in Space. And then uh, two stories ago, we, we dived into even murkier waters, the, the evil in men's hearts and bodies and spirits. And we dived into the murky ethics of the impossible planet and the Satan pit with our good friend Ellie Blackwood uh, explaining planets to us. Uh, and then last time we got even deeper into the ethics uh, of a major question of like how much the doctor interferes or can interfere in someone's life uh, in a very Christmas themed episode on a Christmas Carol. That's right. The randomizer doing seasonally appropriate programming for us. Hmm. Um, and after that, I don't know if you remember the end, Pete, last week when we, we jumped back into our TARDIS and we, we asked questions of the randomizer and I said, please, give us something light. Give us something <laughs> where I don't have to think too much because we've been quite thinky. Um, A little bit. And, and I should have known better than to say that because the randomizer said, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Brit, you are going to dive into one of the murkiest ethical quandaries that your nation has ever been involved in. You're going to spend 
more than a week reading up on the history of this event. You're going to have to go through some things, my friend. No, no lack of ethics. No ethics break for you, said the randomizer, because it took us to series 11, Jody Whittaker's first season, episode six, Demons of the Punjab. Boom. 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 That's it, the yeah. Mic on ethics there. On the, that's a big, thinky story. Uh, my yeah. goodness, Pete. What a weighty way to end the year. Yeah, yeah that was huge. Yeah, totally. It's definitely messing with you, man. That randomizer. <laughs> it's uh, it's not. <laughs> every now and then it sort of pl- does exactly what we want. And every now and then it does exactly the opposite. And it really uh, hits you hard here for the uh, holiday season. I, I'm, yeah. uh, by the way, thank you very much for diving in. Guys, we're going to have an epic length history corner um, I shouldn't say length at the start of a podcast that's already pretty long. Well, you can look at how long the podcast is and decide whether it's long or not, but it's going to be epically weighted, shall I say. We're and we'll have a really interesting history corner because yeah. you probably, as a listener, I would say probably less likely to understand the, the, the whole history of partition. We're going to bring you up to speed. We're going to bring you up to speed in the whole background, everything that I would have wanted to know when I first watched Demons of the Punjab. Uh, we're we're going to have a little Q and A on that, a little FAQ. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it um, not light, certainly, but we are going to keep it focused. Obviously, you know there have been a lot written about the partition and a lot of uh, certainly podcasts. I'm sure that have explored it. We're going to explore it when sort of what as it is it matters to the story here. Um, but we're going to save that for a little bit later. So. Look out, folks. The commentary is coming. Before we do that, I wanted to ha- just say a thing or two about this here podcast, Pull to Open. And this is something I have not said at all until this point, which is to say we uh, we have achieved a goal that I never revealed, which is we wanted to have new content for you, the listener, every single week of 2023. And I didn't want to jinx myself by promising that at even, even last week, I didn't want to say it because I knew life would get in the way and it almost did to prevent us from doing another episode, but we've done it. This is it. You've had new content every week. And sometimes you've had more than that. Cause obviously we've had hot takes on the new doctor who uh, we just, the last one we just posted, this is actually funny. It's happening in the future for us, What has happened Uh, just a few days ago for you, dear listener, that we did our hot take on the Church of Ruby Road. And now this, the Demons in the Pujab episode closes out the year. That gives us 56 total pull to opens, full episodes of pull to open. Six. This is is the first year, the first of pull to opens, four seasons in which we have exceeded the number of weeks a year. Is that correct? Exactly. And so we went to weekly uh, in season three, I think so. So the previous year and we were pretty good, but we didn't quite achieve that. And obviously we had life getting away and there were, you know, um, problems and, and issues and, and, you know, whatever we tried, but we could, didn't quite do it. This time we were much smarter about the schedule. Yes. Not every single pull to open is about uh, an episode of Doctor Who. We do a lot of side trips, but some of those are some of the best episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like we we've gone down some roads. Whether it's when talking about when the Doctor was cruel or cowardly, 
or just taking apart the notion of what is a companion, we've done a lot of interesting stuff and sparked a lot of discussion with those side trips. So they're all yeah, worthwhile. The gifts, the gifts the doctor received, the one that, that just went up as we're recording this, like that, that took us to some interesting places. Like I'd never considered how many gifts or what exactly, exactly the doctor receives as a gift in the show. So, so that was going yeah. someplace new. We did our, episode on the cold opens all the cold mm-hmm. opens of doctor yep. who which turned out to be a bigger lift than <laughs> the thing we were doing a side quest to get away from uh, we just thought this will be no problem we'll just yeah. watch a bunch of you know what one minute two minute things at the end of a, a beginning of a bunch of episodes and it turns out oh boy oh boy did many showrunners like indulge in cold opens and basically did mini episodes yeah, yeah that took a long time yeah, indeed. So, but yeah, folks, we couldn't do math the, on that one. So, I just want to say thank you very much, folks, for a great, great year. I, we've also one of the things about being this consistent is that it's been great to see our listenership steadily increase. Uh, we've got a lot of followers on. You still have a lot of followers on TikTok, more than eleven thousand. Uh, we're getting more and more subscribers on YouTube every week. Thank you for following there. That really helps the show, even if you're already following on the podcast. And we've got big plans for next year. So in 2024, I'm not going to go into it right this second, but we're going to shake things up a bit and try to get you even more content. So yes, we did 52 weeks a year with 56 episodes. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to beat that, but we are going to give you more and more that we can do. Because in the past year, we launched the website, we launched some more social channels, and we see there's a lot of potential on the table for all this. So um, look for more of that in the future and don't hold back from commenting. Go ahead and let us know what you like about the show, what you'd like yeah. to see. Uh, feel free to reach out anywhere where you can find us. And I'm kind of, kind of, uh, sort of f- <laughs> transitioned fully into the pulse loop, which I haven't yeah. really mentioned. Cause I'm, this has been a whole for taking of the pulse of pull to open I'm a little bit off script here, guys. Sorry, but <laughs> Good, uh, all good. We're, we're, yeah. we're at New Year's, you know, we're in a celebratory mood. I've just discovered that uh, on the app we use Zencaster, if I do that with my thumbs, <laughs> then we get How is it you get all these and I don't? I do I it don't and it just nothing happens. I'm recording on an iPhone 14. Maybe it's something to do with the, the ability of the camera on that to, to recognize thumbs up. I know that. I think the randomizer is rewarding you in advance for all the work you put in this week on demons in the put job and all the stuff yes. you've read and oh stuff goodness. you've prepared so we're going to try to get to that as soon as possible but folks let's formally get into the pulse loop where i Fidgeting. we will talk about the all new emoji challenge for chris we're going to do a little poll to open by looking at results for our podcast on the impossible planet and the satan pit it's all coming up but then again if for whatever reason you just want to cut right to the commentary and the serious stuff we have about demons in the pud job go ahead and check your show notes check the notes under the video if you're watching on youtube and it'll give you the exact time code to fast forward to to start with tldw where one of us summarizes the plot in record time everybody else come with me and why don't all you also come with me to poll to open.net our base on the world wide web where you can actually subscribe to our newsletter get full notes and some other things, perhaps, in the future. But it's definitely worth doing. And uh, also, don't forget to become a patron if you can. That's a great way to support the show. Go to patreon.com slash pull to open. 
Yeah, so I want to say that there are two things that have really differentiated Pull to Open from all those other Doctor Who podcasts in 2023. Uh, one, of course, is that we're random. Uh, good Lord, why don't those other podcasts install a randomizer? Because look what the randomizer did. The start of the year, it took us the Celestial Toy Maker. What a right. idea that was. Uh, it took us to uh, Human Nature, Family of Blood on... Uh, you know, Remembrance, Remembrance Day. Remembrance yeah. Day. Uh, how appropriate, you know, the Doctor putting on a poppy at the end. Like, it's so focused on that. By the way, this episode, Demons of the Punjab, also released on Remembrance Sunday. Right. In, yep. uh, yeah, in 2018. True yeah. fact. So, you know, again, we're, we're seeing all sorts of connections for you. We're bringing it to you. That's one differentiation, the random element. The other one is that we're everywhere. We're on every damn platform. And uh, you can uh, review us on a lot of those platforms or leave comments. Um, one of the best things to do is if you do have access to Apple Podcasts, that's probably the biggest thing in terms of getting us in front of more more eyes. So if you've got, you know, if it's much of a muchness to you, review us there. But review us everywhere, however many stars you feel like giving. Um, that gives uh, more visibility to the podcast, gets it to, to more listeners. Um, and you can also share it with a friend. Just drop it into the uh, into your iMessage or text uh, window, and and just yeah, pick a random friend, share the podcast with them. And when you're leaving a review, feel free to leave just a, a title of a Doctor Who story that you like in the form of emoji. Now this could be the the content of the story itself. It could be a description of the title of the story. Uh, it doesn't matter if you leave it in the form of emoji. It then becomes part of the upcoming segment. The Humoji Challenge. All right. Cool. I'm going to put the sting right there. Let's just get okay. right into it. This is, of course, the time where I get to torture Chris for the last time in 2023 by describing emojis to him. And he has to guess the Doctor Who title that that emoji represents or set of emojis. So why don't we just get right into it? Let's do this. And yeah. I'm not going to give you any hints whatsoever. Oh, God. At all. There will be no hints. Because, frankly, you won't need them. Because it's one emoji. Oh, my God. Okay. And... It's so embarrassing if I don't get it. It is a circle that is the color black. Uh, so, is it is it full circle? No. It is not full is circle. It, is it a black hole? Is it the impossible planet... Satan Pit. No. Uh, see? No. Oh, this embarrassing. Um, <laughs> God. I mean, a circle, a black circle. Uh, what else has circle in the title? I, hmm. I, I Do you circle. need a hint? I didn't I think you were going to need a hint for hint. this one. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, let's, let's uh, this will probably give it away. Yeah. But we, we could what is... What is another word for circle? Uh, sphere. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, God. What is another word for circle? Uh, I'm thinking like pi. I'm thinking uh, radius, diameter. Uh, why am I not just thinking for another word for a wheel? The wheel! The wheel in space! Oh, not the no. wheel in space. <laughs> Is, Sorry, is I just wheel. realized for the folks not on YouTube, I'm shaking my head when <laughs> when Chris says stuff and he gets it wrong. But yeah, that's why there's a little bit of silence. Oh God, uh, what what is another a, a wheel? Like, oh, what other wheels are there? Um, okay, let me let. Geez, wow, I really didn't think you need this many hints. How about 
going to kick myself. Okay, this it's a bit of a cheat on this one because the emoji represents only part of the title. Okay. So there's another part of the title is that it, isn't is represented, wheel, but... Is it wheel something? Is it... Uh, or, like, I'm hung up on this other word for circle thing. Uh, Maybe if you saw it, I, I realize I didn't put the <laughs> emoji in the... black circle, right? It's... It's a black circle. No, it's solid. Oh, it's, it's a solid, solid black circle. Sorry, okay. should I have said that? There uh, it is. I put it in the chat. Okay. <laughs> Which I can't see because I'm in dark mode. <laughs> okay, so, but it is a solid yes. black circle, solid so it's completely black. So the black hole, it's the... Uh, God, what other... I'm getting warm. Hole in the title? Um, Not hole. Okay, can you help me with old who or new who? Black hole? Black circle? Black sun, black... Black uh, circular thing. A black... Oh. Remember, this is only part of the title, the black something. The black something. Why Why all Doctor Who titles? I've, I've got a head full of partition and no, no Doctor Who titles in it. <laughs> what is going on here? The black something. Black orchid. Okay, can, black it's orchid? new who. There's a, there's a good... Okay. Good hint for you. The black something. God, titles with black in them. It's it's fleeing my mind. You're gonna have to tell me which doctor. Uh, eleven. Eleven. Um, the black spot. Oh, for boom! Sake. There you go. The the what of the black spot though? The Say the title. Of the black spot. Oh, that's <laughs> Thank you. And it lets wow. Bring listeners up to speed that we do have a curse on the podcast. Uh, I feel like I <laughs> it's just, extends I to the emoji challenge. I do not think of spot as a synonym for circle, but I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah, wow. I, I think <laughs> I think it works. I think it's fine. Well, I you get our home game, I guess, as you. Uh, exit <laughs> the emoji challenge i don't think we can call that a win with about three or four hits i think i'm, uh, I'm hanging up my my emoji gloves <laughs> well you've done so well throughout the year that you know i wouldn't i wouldn't read too much into this final one particularly uh since you're already in your own black hole of your own making by going down the, <laughs> the rabbit hole of the indian partition um but Good stuff. I wanted to just shout out Bob Gilby on Twitter, who gave us a bunch of these. We've got more to come, Chris. And I, I consider oh, the other ones hard uh, okay, when we what? return in the new year. When you think of me in the new year, I want you to think of the Rocky montage, except in, instead of running up steps uh, in Philly, I am uh, just scrolling through the spreadsheet with a list of episode titles. Gotcha. All right. So, so you need a rest. I think I'll I'll take the the pulse loop from here for a second, and I'll just yes, remind. I'll be fourteen. You be fifteen. <laughs> I'm going to go have a meal with Donna. But sounds good. Uh, and I'm going to have a meal with our Spotify listeners, who are amazing folks because they keep commenting, they keep voting in our polls, and that's right. We have entered poll to open. Now, of course, at the end of every podcast, we give all of our shows, our episodes. A rating uh, from a Dalek to an Ogron to a Viscount Banger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Stay tuned to the end of the show to find out what all those mean. If you're not sure, 
but we have results and we discuss them now and we have results from the impossible planet and the satan pit indeed and uh, everybody yes. first thing to say by the way Here, this, this result is malleable you can change time. oh yeah you you can vote in these polls um if you want to um, there are the thousands and thousands of days left in the poll that mean, might be too much time. It does mean you you shouldn't put it off because it will close one day. We'll finally get to that day and you'll be like, oh my God, I never voted in the poll, poll to open poll on the possible planet and Satan pit. Good. Go ahead and do it now yeah. when I'm reminding you. But if you listen at, to that podcast, you'll hear that uh, I, I was outvoted uh, on the podcast. I said it was a Dalek, which is a rating very good. Not necessarily best of the best, but good episode of Doctor Who. You well, and I, I did... Said, I did say it was one of the best of the best. Yes, Ellie and I both did. So you were outnumbered there, and you are numbered here. Our uh, listeners agree. This is one of the best of the best. The Viscount Banger takes half of the votes. And a good chunk of the rest go to Dalek, uh, as you said. So, like, this is a very well-regarded episode of Doctor Who. Um, There's a couple, a few... A few folks said it was like an Ogron, which is roughly 10 to 12% yeah. of the vote here. And yeah. uh, at least a, a few people thought it was a fixed point in time with uh, around 5 to 6% of the vote. So, okay, yeah. I can see the fixed point in time. The Ogron, wow, that's that's being pretty harsh. Maybe I guess people who just didn't buy into the whole, this is Satan for every planet everywhere. Right. Um, I mean, maybe I it's could, too far. I can see how you can have a very uncharitable uh, viewing of, of that story, especially if you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I I might have rated an Ogron immediately after my first viewing. Like, mm, just, interesting. Know, it's, it's so cliched based under siege. You've got the diehard element with the vent- ventilation shafts. Like it just, you know, I can see how a lot of things would just rob you the wrong way, and, and you mm-hmm. Ogron for that. So, yeah, quite a uh, literally divisive episode of the Viscount Banger getting fifty percent of the vote. Dalek, 33% of the vote. Uh, interesting, yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to solve that one. It's uh, it's partition-esque. <laughs> well, only you, listener, can solve it. So go ahead and vote in it if you haven't already. If you don't, don't have Spotify, what are you doing? Got to download Spotify. Create a burner account. Go ahead and vote. What yeah. you don't want to create a burner account on, though, is, of course, YouTube, where we're at youtube.com slash pull to open. That is a great place to have an account and stay there because you can actually turn on notifications for whenever we have new content. It's a great place to leave a comment. There's a lot of great discussion there. Um, we, we try to reply to every comment and uh, we do our best. If we haven't replied to you, we probably will soon. And you can see all the fun Easter eggs in the background of uh, our spots here, even though Chris has exactly one right now, even though unless you count that beautiful view of the Bay Area. Uh, But go ahead, check us out on YouTube uh, and turn on that bell icon, I think it is, to get notifications whenever we have new content. Ding that bell icon, smash the subscribe button. Go check out our review of the Celestial Toymaker if you would like to hear that being described in two minutes in our TLDW, TLDW segment, yeah. the one that's coming up. Uh, also, go check us out on TikTok. Unfortunately, TikTok has, since our last podcast, stopped the ability to upload entire podcasts to TikTok. That may have just been an experiment. It may be coming back. Uh, but give us a follow there. Anyway, we're pulled to open on TikTok. Uh, we've got tons of shorts from our episodes. It's really a way to get a TLDW on pull to open itself. Uh, keep commenting. Also, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Pull to Open 63, and Blue Sky Pull to Open. And now, 
It is time. And now, is it? <laughs> it is time. Okay. TLDW, too long didn't watch, too long Doctor Who. Uh, it is time for that segment where one of us, each week we take turns to summarize the entire story that we're discussing. That is what and we do. It is what we do. It is and as much do. as in the moment right now, I would like to say we're not doing this anymore in 2024, <laughs> I think we'll keep doing it because it's just our thing. It's That's not going to change. Edition. We are building a library. Um, that's what we're doing. Uh, there will be silence in the library at the end, but we're building this library of TLDWs, uh, of summaries of literally every single story in Doctor Who history in random order. Uh, that's, that's kind of what the podcast is a uh, is a Trojan horse for. So it is your turn this week, Pete. And since Steve awesome is a new Who story. <laughs> um, we allocate one minute for new Who stories, 30 seconds for each for each uh, old Who episode. So you don't have a lot of time, sir. You have one minute. I know. I know. This is, this is going to... The history of India and Pakistan. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. I'm going to save that for the pod and mostly the history corner. So apologies that this won't be as weighty as that. I'm going to get through this story and really, really try to do some editing as I do it yeah. so that I'm not going down any rabbit holes or spots as they may be. <laughs> you will not be afflicted by the curse of the black rabbit hole. Uh, so, yes, well, uh, it is at its root a very simple family story. So hmm. I, I like True. your chances, sir. I'm also glad that it's not me this week. I think that I may have overcomplicated it by doing so much research on the history. Uh, but yeah, let's let's see what you got with the official pull to open summary of Demons of the Punjab in one minute, starting in three, two, one, go. So Yaz's grandma talks about how she was the first woman married in Pakistan. She gets intrigued by this. She tasks the doctor to take her back to just see her grandma when she was there in Lahore. It takes her back. Uh, turns out uh, they're in the countryside, and it's right where India and Pakistan are about to be separated. And then she finds out that her grandmother was actually engaged to this guy named Prem, uh, who's a Hindu. And they end up, uh, there, there seems like there's a, a alien plot to kill someone there because they've killed this holy man. Uh, so, the, so the doctor tries to protect everyone from it, and they uh, proceed with the wedding. Uh, but because the partition is happening right then and there, Prem's brother, Manish, uh, is very much uh, been influenced by sort of ethno-nationalists in India and disapproves of the wedding. He was, turns out he was the one who uh, killed the holy man. The aliens are actually just there to bear witness because that's what they do. They're not assassins. They're, they're there to uh, accompany people and bear witness to when people die and are forgotten. So the doctor realizes they can't do anything. The wedding goes ahead and they have to leave and the aliens uh, sort of uh, bear witness and end up uh, just absorbing Prem into their sort of database or something. Yes. When, when Manish shows up with the, uh, yeah. the, the hordes, uh, which is sort of the surprise. I'll say, I'll start, I'll start there that it's sort of yeah. you're kind of expecting that Manish is going to be the one to shoot Prem. Well, it's not, it's these bandits that he's called in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. So yeah, sorry. There was, I, there was a lot. Uh, I probably there shouldn't have even lot. done the birthday thing at the beginning. Cause it was like, yeah. I really like, I think I did a pretty good job of cutting to what they were doing, you did. but all that, like the it was still way, kind yeah. of an extraneous detail. I did want to mm -hmm. say like, you, you really want to say more and more about them being there and sort of experiencing this stuff because that, 
you know, it's it's one of the better episodes in terms of setting and having the characters really kind of become sort of a part of what what they're observing. Uh, and obviously they have that very strong connection with Yaz and her grandmother. Um, yeah. But that, that I, mentioned, yeah. So there, there is a denouement as well, which, uh, which you didn't mention where mm-hmm. Yaz does actually go back to see her grandmother uh, who offers to tell the story behind the watch. Uh, did you mention the watch, the, the watch of Prem? The, the, no, the, kind of a detail. The ceremony. That's it's a rabbit hole, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the thing. I mean, it's sort of the MacGuffin of this, right? Because it is what the Doctor uses to plug into the telepathic circuits of the TARDIS to get back to, to 1947 uh, on the border. Uh, the TARDIS basically locates by the watch. Um, but she offers to tell Yaz the story. Now, at this point, we know that Yaz was present at that first wedding. Yaz knows the mm-hmm. whole story. Uh, do you think, first of all, that, that her nan recognizes her or remembers her or like, you know, uh, wants to tell the whole story of that. Or like there was someone who looked a lot like you that was there. Like, what what do you think is the, the intention of, of her nan finally being ready? Is it just, you know, open to interpretation? Yeah. I I don't, don't want to get too timey wimey with it. I don't think there's too much plot to read here. I do think she doesn't know because why would you? Why would you even suspect that your granddaughter's a time traveler and mm. it really was her? I'm sure she thinks she looks like her and it's probably one of the main reasons she's her favorite granddaughter, uh, yeah. which, I, by the way, I thought was a great line. I mean, I think it, these fun <laughs> ways they humanize uh, Yaz's family. Uh, yeah. and, you know, Chibnall takes a, uh, some heat for not being as good at those domestic relationships as... RTD, but I will say in this episode, and it's been, uh, I think the writer is Vinay Patel, Vinay Patel, I'm not sure, Vinay Patel, and like he's, he's quite good at it. He's quite good at the domestic stuff. (laughs) He's the first non-tribunal writer in, in series 11. So like any, any plaudits for the good family stuff in this, uh, you know, are definitely (laughs) his, not necessarily tribunals in this point. Yeah, but getting... To the grandma, I think she doesn't know it, but I think something in her life has made her share these things with her granddaughters, whatever that is. And we don't really know what it is. On It's an off-screen thing. And so I think that's ultimately it. She's probably getting older. I mean, you see her in a wheelchair. She's she's It's time for her, I think, yeah. to kind of just start unlocking this part of her life. And this is just part of that. Sharing the heritage, uh, which is it, one of the lines that lands a bit clunkily and makes it feel a bit like an after after school special, where Yaz says something like, uh, "You know, if if you don't if you don't share your stories, we'll never know. That's our heritage, or something like that." Yeah, I actually didn't mind that though. I'm, I'm usually the one to accuse something of after school special, but it is like I, I thought that's so true. Like yes. especially when you notice your elders, uh, your elderly relatives starting to sort of fail and you realize you start to really appreciate what you're probably going to lose uh, when the the time comes for them. And you really want, you want, you want what they've lived, what they've experienced to go on somehow and be part of your life. And I, I, you know, I think that resonates with a lot of people. Obviously, this ends up being that, that ends up being the story, right, with the aliens and all that stuff. Um, I mean, so. that, that is that is the moral of the story. Is you know, I mean, if if you've had uh, grief in the family recently, like I have, lost my dad last year, 
talked about them on podcasts before, one of the things you realize is how many stories you lose that you will now just never mm-hmm. know. So, you know, if there's one lesson you take from this podcast, uh, even beyond all the, all the partition stuff we're about to talk about, um, you know, please, please do do that. Uh, go, go to your elderly relatives, uh, you know, bring them cake, uh, get them silly on sugar, uh, mm-hmm. talking about their history and their lives and all the stories that you maybe have tuned out before. Like, you know, really, really pay attention because they could surprise you with, as Hanani does here with this whole first woman in Pakistan to get married thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which really, that's a really good moment. I really like that whole scene. I, I like, that's why I kind of didn't want to leave it out of the TLDW. It's just such a relatable moment. It's, you know, you got the little bit between the two daughters. Uh, the watch is actually a good tease, like, because it's not obviously sort of sci fi or supernatural. It's just kind of almost like this interesting thing is it a love story is it a spy story is it a it's some kind of mystery that you just oh okay and uh the fact that she like you said she she says at least claims to be the first woman married in pakistan like that's interesting you know it's like okay let's let's open this sort of historical treasure chest and see what where where it leads us we'll get into the uh, the history corner shortly but just uh just to fact check her there she's probably (laughs) wrong uh, yeah, I mean, I, I figured, but it, <laughs> I get it, right? Like she, in her world, she was the first person married. Yes, because the <laughs> weird thing, uh, partition, the history of partition, I've discovered is full of just weirdness and stuff that doesn't add up. And, uh, you know, anarchy all over the place. Um, Pakistan actually came into existence on the 14th of August, 1947. Partition, the actual announcement of where the lines were, was on the 17th of August. So it took him three days to draw those that, borders. Yes, which is, yeah. we're going to get into why that was and what a big mistake that was. But my goodness. Uh, well, let's, yeah, so before we get into Pakistan, the corner, let's let's just, take a step back on, mm-hmm. on the episode and sort of it's, mm-hmm. I guess, the Doctor Who format is pseudo-historical. Yes. And so you, you go back into a, t- a moment in history and they sort of layer on a little bit of sci-fi that is going to preferably enhance what you're seeing. And I think in part, parts it does that, in parts it doesn't. And um, But I will say this, it does it way better than Rosa, those sci-fi elements mm-hmm. anyway. So we talked about Rosa yeah. almost like a little over a year ago. And I yeah. think both of us, when we talked about that episode, we were very critical of sort of the, I forget his name now, even the space racist from the future. This, and yeah, that, that's all you need. Space racist dude from the future. Yeah. It was just a very yeah. clumsy way to do it. It, it. You almost made you long for the episode just being a pure historical. Um, in this case, uh, again, I don't, I think the alien stuff is still one of the weak spots here, but I don't mind it. Like I know what they were going for. And I think what they were going for mostly works, uh, which we've already sort of talked about where they they're this alien race that used to be assassins um what are they called they're the the jarians or something like that yeah and (laughs) they used to be assassins but then their world was destroyed and i forget the details of that but what it's they've become this race of people who bear witness to the the, the, yeah the jarians and they 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 basically what are there when people are who die are essentially forgotten mm. and it's a nice idea um certainly more like doctor who has done it before kind of with testimony yeah. we talked about testimony right. 
last week in the in the gift story, uh, where the doctor gets the gift of being seeing Bill again thanks to testimony. I kind of like this one a little bit more because the aliens have an emotional reason to to go around the universe doing this, and something about the fact that they do it, like it really taps into our sense that people die forgotten and and their stories unknown, and like that that's the, kind of the theme of this episode, right? Is the, mm-hmm. is the heritage, the stories that get lost, exactly uh, lives that get lost, and the idea of them being preserved, and I and I love the the sort of the resolution of that kind of subplot where you see at the very end Prem's face floating up into the hologram full of places of all of these forgotten people, and I get I'm getting a shiver right now just thinking of it, like that's one of the big emotional beats of this episode. I gotta say. Not a lot of Doctor Who makes me cry. Uh, Demons of the Punjab, the first two times I saw it, absolutely wept. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that that's one of the bits where you're like, yeah, you know, our history is full of people who whose, you know, deaths never get witnessed, whose lives never get recorded. You know, what a, a lovely idea. Uh, and actually, I did watch this with, you know, a, a, the friend that I've been discussing for several podcasts, so I want to get into doctor who is actually indian uh and i should say she's not into science fiction at all uh, <laughs> but she really liked now she is now she is <laughs> yeah demons of the punjab changed everything no it didn't but uh but she did like this as a as a concept yeah right? i think it's one of those things that tickles your brain even if you're not a science fiction fan um, well yeah i i well first thing i'll say i actually I don't entirely just like I, I'm not a, a hard a, on the other side of a fence here, so don't get me wrong. But I do think testimony worked better, and that this is why I think the these assassins turned caretakers slash witnesses doesn't work as well because you don't you don't really know what their end game is or what like like they say they bear witness and we were there. And then you kind of see him put into a database, and that's why I was very kind of like when I ended the TLDW, I was very like, well, what is that even? And at least with testimony, you kind of know what they're doing and what they can do with this notion of sort of preserving people's hmm. uh, consciousness and lives. In this case, there's no real like, and then what, right? Like, then what do you do with it? And also, I would say, like, why not just do testimony, right? <laughs> there's these sort of assassins or whatever, this alien race we've never seen before, never we'll never see yeah. again. It's fine. It's just like, what they're doing is honestly so beautiful, as you said. And the the notion of it is, is I want more of that. You know, I want it to be more of a thing woven throughout the Doctor Who universe. I would love to see this this idea brought back and and given a little more depth. Uh, as it is, it's just kind of like a obviously a metaphor for what what we're seeing with mm. Yaz's family and, and the not forgetting stuff. But in the, I think there's, there's more potential. I wish they'd really went for it and maybe done even something more uh, big with this race during the Chibnall era. Even if it's just of that era, I think it would have been great. You know, I, I liked it more, uh, the more that I dove into the history of partition because partition, what, one of the lessons I think we can draw from it is that there is uh, a duality of, of nature within each human. Like we couldn't all be our best selves or our worst selves. Here are former assassins who basically turned into oral historians, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, reflecting the duality of we can we can be our best selves, we can riot, we can we can fear, we can attack the other, uh, it, it, you know, uh, our worst selves, or we can be our best selves and like live in a very 
integrated society like India was before partition uh, mm. and kind of still is even even after the rupture um, so yeah, yeah I think it's well. appropriate for this whereas yeah so, so testimony like it's kind of for the head I think this is for the heart uh, yeah I hear that I hear that I, I just want to shout out for two other scenes that, that made me weep both times uh, one is is Graham talking mm. to Prem and you've got to say, Bradley, Bradley Walsh has a real, like, even though it's it's about Yaz, and Yaz is centered, Bradley Walsh gets a couple of really good scenes in this. That's mm, yeah, absolutely. And one of them is, like, he knows Prem is going to die, but Prem is getting ready for his wedding. Mm. I'm choking up just thinking about it. You know, and he puts the, the garland of flowers on his uniform, and Graham is like, you still look like a schoolboy in maneuvers. And he's saying it in a loving way. Mm. And he's got this whole thing where he's just like, he doesn't know what to say. And he's just, he's like, you know, doing the old English, like pat him on the shoulder kind of thing. And he's yeah. like, yeah, come on marriage, you know, well, you gotta, you gotta it, go have a marriage for a day. Yeah. It's, it's one of these things that I've kind of, I think everything you said is a hundred percent, but it's like the third act of this story I'm really kind of ambivalent about because I love all the things you just described and they have, you know, there's so many good scenes like when Yaz is crying at the wedding too, you know, so that's a good one. I mean, they all sort of know what's going to happen to Prem mm. and that there's nothing they can do about it. That's, you know, if, yeah. if they change things, then Yaz ceases to exist and who knows what even happens uh, with the timeline. So they, all they can do like the aliens, of course, is, just bear witness to it. And it's tearing them apart. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, it does mean that your main characters can't actually, don't actually do anything yeah. to affect the story for the, what should be sort of the pivotal climactic uh, part. Right. So, so it's well, all emotion yeah. and that's good to an extent, but there's with, it can't really be weaved in the story in a conventional way. I can see why y people would love it. I, I felt a little like, oh, I just, I, I wish there was something they could do. Right. And so yeah. that we could all kind of walk away with this with maybe something, well, not just like a happy ending. Cause I know that's impossible, but something that, uh, it, you know, like, I, I guess, uh, uh, well, I think a, a corollary, like you, you, yeah. you want an Aztec like moment. You want a Barbara. You want yeah. someone who says no. Well, I was actually right. going to say fires of Pompeii moment. Yes. Where it's like, we have to let history take its course, but we can we save someone? Can we do yeah. something here? You know, I say, fires of Pompeii does kind of ruin it for all later historicals. Because <laughs> like, why isn't the doctor taking one well, family? I think we've established but, that you do But I that, also though. get they can't do it, right? They can't save Prem because then Yaz ceases mm. to exist. Yes. So... It's it they failed already, you know, like they yeah. basically the climax happens an act early, in other words. Yes. You know, and I kind of like that. Again, this is Doctor Who trying something new. And the real reason I love that scene with Graham and Prem because the the sounds are getting louder and the just the violence is getting closer. Prem actually says that. And Ryan says, Who's doing this stuff? And I, I just want to quote all of Prem's reply here because I think it's it's a beautifully written summary of of partition, which we're gonna get into. He says, ordinary people who have lived here all their lives whipped into a frenzy to be part of a mob. Nothing mm. worse than when normal people lose their minds. We've lived together mm. for decades, Hindu, Muslim, and Sikh. And now we're being told our differences are more important than what unites us. Like we, le like we learned nothing in the war. 
which he gives mm. extra sort of weight to that being a, a veteran himself. I don't know how we protect people when hatred's coming from all sides. Mm. And then Graham gets to do a line, which would normally be the doctor's line, right? He says, well, all we can strive is to be good men. And you can see him sort of like he's, he's coming to that conclusion in his head at the same time. And, and you, Prem, are a good man. And he gives him a very own Graham-like hug. And then, yeah. you know, wipes away a tear and says, come on, marriage. Yeah, all we can strive is to be good men. And if, if more people had strived to be good men in this moment, you know, it, and it was this sort of societal tidal wave, hard to stand mm. against. One man did, and we'll, we'll get to him. Well, it's, um, but it, the, the other scene, I just want to mention quickly, yeah. the other scene that, that made me weep every time, I wonder what you think of it, is the wedding itself. And, mm. and it, like it, it could have, I, I think this is a divisive one, <laughs> but I'm going to say I love it. I actually love the doctor's speech about where she uh, says what her faith is, which is love. All this forms the most powerful weapon we have because it's a form of hope. Uh, you believe in it, you fought for it, you wait for it, and now you're committing to it, which makes you right now the two strongest people on this planet, maybe in the universe. And I love that idea, especially, again, because you do not, you know that, that this marriage is not going to last. Mm. We know in advance, like, he's, Prem's got a day, if that. Um, and But of course, we, all of us, like, we don't know if we're going to drop dead the day after our wedding. It's like, it, this really is a universal thing. So yes, she's right. That commitment that you make to each other, it's huge. It's huge. Mm. It's why we celebrate weddings. And I... You know, even though it's kind of cheesy and they've all got a flower in their hair and, you know, they use the, the rope, uh, the, 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 hind, the hind, that's a Hindu thing, isn't it? It says yes, of uh, tying the hands together with the rope. Um, I, that, I just, that really spoke to me, that scene. Uh, but yeah, I got to say, you. well, I, I appreciated those scenes more this time because the way they wrote this, um, I think the first time I watched it, I was very caught up in the alien plot mm. and the fact that the aliens with the, which the doctor, and this is just before the wedding. Cause she's already figured it out because they, she's teleported right then. But before that they, she thinks they're assassins mm. and that they're essentially under siege. And you know, they're obviously very technologically advanced cause they have teleports and they've already killed a guy. Um, and they're, they're sort of barely able to repel them because of the sort of doohickeys the doctor sort of puts of folks. So I was always caught up in like, why, why are you even considering doing a wedding or doing anything? Like why, why isn't it all hands on deck? We have to figure out this alien problem and put everything else on hold. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was just, it struck me as weird. Like guys, guys, aliens are right outside. This isn't the time to be painting henna on our hands. You know, that's kind of what I wanted to shake everyone into well, doing. Um, maybe why Umbreen's mom such, does such a bad job, <laughs> <laughs> which I love yeah. Umbreen herself in the future kind of uh, disses the henna again, not recognizing so, it. So, but this time around, I, I could appreciate more of those emotional beats. So I kind of wish they'd written it differently because the fact that not only are there aliens and they're assassins, I mean, just the fact that they're aliens, right? And that, uh, or demons or whatever, uh, this supernatural thing is clearly happening. Like no one seems all that surprised or aghast by it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a little weird. Um, but well, the wedding, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Okay. So like the wedding, I, I, I like the doctor's speech, but 
I want to talk about Manish and mm. the actor who I think like the choices this actor makes, it's Hamza uh, Jato- Jatua. And I thought of everyone, I-, I thought he had probably the best performance. I thought he was stellar because yes. he has this cold intensity throughout and there's nothing exaggerated there's no like davros like histrionics there's no dumb ominous scares from the director you you there's nothing really to read on this guy which one mm-hmm. keeps it a bit of a mystery even though you can kind of tell like something's up with this guy and who else, again who else would it be like the grandma like whatever like like yeah. there's got to be a bad guy here but i like that his he's his just this cold person who clearly has a worldview yeah. that doesn't line up with everyone else. And, and he's been uh, listening to angry voices on the radio. Oh, I have got to talk about that line because yes. as soon as that line was uttered, I was watching this with Grace and she looked at me and she says, I get it. Podcasts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, a, a bit of a self-aware thing to, uh, to, to notice. Uh, but exactly like there's just so many on, you know, all, all sides of the political aisle, just angry people screaming into microphones more than ever today. Yes. Um, but the it, they've always existed, you know, they've always existed. The young, particularly susceptible to them. Yes. Uh, and that is like, well, we'll get into history corner in a second, but, but the character of Manish, the more I will say, the more I looked into history, the more believable Manish is, because partition was driven uh, in in no small part by the young, mm. uh, by young people who were unfamiliar with the whole tenant of nonviolence, or or did not believe. You know, Gandhi had won independence for India basically through nonviolence. Uh, and then there were a lot of people who were like, well, at this point, nonviolence is hopeless because Hindus and Muslims are attacking each other. Sikhs are attacking Muslims as well. Um, you know, and, and it was the young who were like, you know, screw your old ways, dad, you know, forget mm. about nonviolence. Like we need a bit of violence to save us from the other, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Most, so listen, I think, on. I think, yeah, let's we've I, sort I of transitioned into it, but let's, let's do this. The character of Manish reminds me. I'm going to. I'm holding up a book called Tamas uh, mm-hmm. right now, which means darkness in Hindi. This is one of the best uh, novels to be written about the subject of partition. Go, go, pick it up. It's you know, it's wonderfully small scale, like Demons of the Punjab is, just set in a single town in the Punjab. And there is a character in this, and a famous scene in that, like this, famously was uh, a TV series in India that shocked a lot of people because there is a young man who goes from learning how to kill a chicken to pointlessly stabbing a perfume vendor in a really, really hard to watch scene. Like this poor old dude who's done nothing to no one. And he just goes out and stabs him because he's in such a frenzy of like, oh, stab the next person who walks along because Mm. he's been listening to those angry voices on the radio. And it's exactly that thing. The young are susceptible to it. I'm sure, you know, you all know what we're talking, like whatever era you are listening to this in, you know what this means. And yes, partition was full of it. It was full of lies and rumor and exaggeration and angry voices on the radio and the printing press, you know, spreading Mm. a lot of hatred. Well, we've done it. We've, we've, I think we've done a full transition into the history (laughs) corner. Yes. Even though the, the jingle might feel a little uh, <laughs> out of place on the given the weight of all this, but yeah, yeah give me this. So, like, it, it definitely I was more into like I to be clear, readers, listeners, I, I Chris is the scholar now on this. I know very little about it, and I first of all just want to give this script 
points for highlighting a, a part of history that is not talked about that much that does matter to the West. You know, there's obviously there's flashbacks to World War II, um, but it isn't really thought of as a sort of uh, it doesn't really talked about really all that much yeah. in in fiction or, or otherwise. So yeah. I really don't know a lot about it other than that it happened. Uh, I actually learned from this episode just how brutal the death toll was and how the scale of it, which doesn't surprise me. Obviously, these are very populous countries. Um, but what I don't really know is wh- how is it generally regarded today? I, I, I imagine it really depends on who you ask on whether it was a good thing or a bad thing or if it prevented a civil war or made things worse. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of perspectives on this. But what can, can you give me the quick summary of like what, what do people think of the partition today? That's a great question uh, because, yeah, it is – it's still a political football. Um, and I got to say, so, so partition, like the his, the actual history of partition on the subcontinent is, is not much talked about because it was mm. so brutal. Interesting. And the more we find out about it, the more brutal it was. I mean, just to give you an image, train loads of refugees mm. Uh, coming both ways from Pakistan to Pakistan were slaughtered. We're, we're wow. Entire trainloads of people where trains were just pulled into station stations and everyone would be dead except the people who had smeared blood on their face to play dead. Uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, wow. My goodness. I mean, there is... Uh, I, I can also recommend another good novel that a lot of people in the subcontinent now called Train to Pakistan. Uh, which is like Demons of the Punjab, set in a single village, and you only see things through those through the villagers' perspectives. And it's kind of chilling at the end when one half of the villagers, the Sikhs, sort of go Lord of the Flies on the other half, mm. uh, the, the ones that they just embraced as brothers, but they just happen to be on a train going through their village now, so they're just they're the other, you know, they're the Muslims mm. heading for Pakistan. We've got to get revenge. Uh, so that everyone knows that everyone knows it in fictional form, but yeah, there is a huge division and is still very, very political, uh, because obviously partition is the, the beginnings of Pakistan. So obviously mm-hmm, Pakistan, right. it is venerated. Uh, we're going to be talking about Muhammad Ali Jinnah, uh, the, the founder of Pakistan, uh, who is himself venerated. He, he, he died, uh, a year. He actually had, uh, cancer. Uh, it, this was unknown at the time when they were negotiating partition. Partition could have come out very differently if they just waited, but he happened to be the right person, right place, right time. Um, so he's venerated, partition is venerated in Pakistan. In India, it's more seen as more of a loss, but also it is political because India is going more sort of Hindu nationalist uh, hmm. under the Modi government. Uh, You're talking about at the time, or no wait? Well, no, now. Oh, no. Now. now so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got the, you. the one book that I, I could recommend as a history book is uh, Yasmin Khan is a, a historian of this, and uh, she wrote a book called the, the Great Partition in, I believe, 2008, and then she did an updated uh, version. Wait, but Yasmin Khan? Uh, yes. <laughs> the the companion so. of the... <laughs> of... <laughs> The character in this name. episode? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let me let me just double check. This is a common name. The Great Partition. It's all good. Uh, is... Well, yes, Yasmin Khan. 
Wow. All right. <laughs> I didn't Common name. I only just struck me because I've been doing these things separately. Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's a young Oxford history professor, also brought, born in Britain, like Yaz. Um, but half of this book is just like pointing out how hard it is to do a neutral take mm. on on partition because it is a political football now. Um, so, so we see in the in the story like mm-hmm. this is sort of the countryside, right? It's not mm-hmm. Lahore, it's not a major city. Um, you know, it's obviously right on where the border is. In fact, Manish mm-hmm. goes out and says the the map leaked a few days ago or something, and that mm-hmm. here is here's where it is. And he sort of proudly, you know, hammers into something in the ground that's a marker, like here's mm-hmm. here's India, here's Pakistan. Yes, and. That you know, everyone's kind of excellent. disgusted about it. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, I guess is that uh, I guess that's not a weird notion or that no. stuff like that must have actually happened. It did. And, and the, the tragedy of partition is that at the beginning, people didn't think it was that big a deal. They had no concept. Nobody on any side had any concept that there would be 12 million refugees. Right. That millions of people would be going back and forth between the countries and and that it would just they neither country would be able to handle it they would just and the refugees would make things worse and worse and there would be entire columns of people um going back and forth because they didn't think that these borders were going to be a big deal nobody on any side like there were newspaper mm. stories uh you know before partition happened because it wasn't just like a sudden thing it had been talked about yeah. for a few years you know that the notion of pakistan as a country, kind of, you know, had developed with within Jenner's lifetime, like he was he was converted to the the idea of it. But it had been talked about. But they they were publishing articles saying, yeah, we probably won't even need passports. We won't need mm. visas to cross this border. They were thinking of it as more like an EU kind of arrangement. Mm. Right? India, Pakistan are going to be they're going to be close friends. And maybe and certainly on the Hindu side, there was a lot of thought of this of like, oh, you know, we'll let the Muslims go off, have their own country, and then they'll then they'll come crawling back because it's going to it's just going to collapse. Like, yeah, they just figured it would fail. Yeah, yeah, it'll just fail. It'll be fine. We'll just wait. Um, and even as it was happening, as all this violence was happening, like they were still having the independence celebrations. Like it, we we knew that the violence was happening. You know, Gandhi's over on the other side of India. So but there were two provinces that needed yeah, to be. I was just gonna ask you about that. So so most people know Gandhi and mm. like he didn't like when was this? Nineteen forty seven, right? And he died in nineteen forty eight. So uh, like uh, what did he have to yeah. yeah, but so so I guess what did he have to do directly with the partition? Like was he pro, was he against and what you know, how did that against very against very, I see very against Gandhi struggled his whole life for Indian independence and Indian unity mm. and the thing is that for centuries India had been you know and I when you think of India I want you to think of like fine woven fabric of like you know hmm. the of Hindu and Muslim you know, just interwoven everywhere uh, with with Sikhs, you know, Sikhs are two percent of the population of India, fourteen percent of the population of the Punjab. So it's kind of a shame mm. they don't get more of a shout out than like one or two mentions in teams of the Punjab. But whatever, like it's it's a very important area for them. Um, and division didn't necessarily make sense, mm. right? Uh, because uh, here's an interesting fact that I I can't get out of my head is that the fact that the okay Pakistan Indian. It, it, instantly became the largest Muslim country in the world when it was created. The second largest Muslim country in the world 
at that point, India. Hmm. Even after partition. Interesting. Right? So yeah. it's still interwoven. And that's part of why the, the problems that the partition caused, you know, waking Hindus and Muslims up to their differences, right? When they've been living side by side for so long. And, mm. and Gandhi wanted to preserve that. And, and he would do things like walk into a town where there has been differences, uh, where, where they've attacked each other. And literally just walk up to everyone's doors, you know, knock on the door. A lot of doors were slammed in his face. And, and he, he would get the, the Muslim headman of, of that town and the Hindu right. headman of that town to literally live in the same house. Mm. And it was brilliant. That's what mm. he needed to do. Uh, now, unfortunately, Gandhi wasn't in the Punjab uh, at independence. He was uh, in Bengal, which was the other province that needed right. to be divided, and in Calcutta, which is sort of where the violence of partition started in 1946. It was kind of renowned as like this is if violence breaks out between Hindus and Muslims, it's going to be in Calcutta. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I don't. I think you know, as you describe stuff, and it's like, well, it was all interwoven. There, there. I mean, again, I, I'm ignorant of the history, but I, I, there must have been a rationale to the partition in that yeah. it's it's going to prevent or even not prevent some tragedy. Put put yes. the paths of these two distinct sort of, I guess, uh, religious ethno-religious groups yeah. uh, on on the past, you know, that I guess whoever, you know, well, whoever, the, the British Empire deems yeah. they should be on. Um, yeah. So, so well, let, let's talk about that because, you know, the, the British are not, uh, I don't want to give the impression the British are uninvolved in all of this, even though right. they kind of did take a hands-on, appro- hands-off approach. To right, right. Which, yeah. which was the cause of a lot of the violence was that they weren't stepping in. Um but also, they've been told. To well, not necessarily the cause, but I know what you mean. They could have done yeah. something more about it. Like they could I think have done more you, they did the cause. It. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. what? Why do people hate each other and hate mm-hmm. the other, et cetera? I think ultimately, that's kind of what it comes down to. And why? Why on on a certain level, like just to bring it back to the show, like why Manish's uh, actions at the end probably seem a little incomprehensible to most viewers, right? Like mm-hmm. he's basically leading his brother to die and, and gets these people, lures these people here who are sort of these ethno-nationalists or whatever. And they, and Prem even knows one of them. Like yeah. he says, we fought together. I know you. And the guy kind of kills him without a thought. Manish seems to be okay with that or has made yeah. his peace that his brother needs to die for this new ideology to take shape. And like I say, I think a lot of people look at that and go like, wait a minute, like, that, no, that is, that's a pretty extreme, and it is. Um, but that's kind so of the point. Accurate. It's so accurate, and it's and it's heartbreaking. I mean, if you think the if you're a student of the American Civil War, and you know, mm, brother against brother yeah. in a lot of cases, that is nothing compared to partition. I mean, the Indian Army, the British had been trying for years to like. Okay, politically, there was a bit of divide and conquer going on with the Hindus and the Muslims. In, in the history of the British Empire. But by and large, there was an attempt at integration. And nowhere was that better seen than in the Indian army where uh, Hindu and Muslim officers served side by side. And you have these heartbreaking scenes of at partition. Like they, would, they were literally divided into the Indian army and the Pakistan army. And they have these sort of tearful, you know, everyone gets drunk and declares that they're all brothers. And then a year later, they are fighting each other mm. over Kashmir. 
Uh, right. I mean, it really is just, it just gets you right here. It's, there's, there's so much, that's why it's kind of an opportunity for so much fiction, right? Because that, yeah, that I know you, I served alongside you is, was reflected a thousand million times over. Mm. Wow. Um, so let's talk about the British. We've sort of danced around the subject a little bit, but one yeah. of the reasons I really wanted to go deep here is because I, I, I think it's. I think that we all need to hold the, the cultures that we grow up in to account. Uh, you know, I think uh, American culture needs to sort of understand the Native American culture. And, you know, exactly what happened there. Like, don't shy away from it. And I wanted to know, like, did did we obviously British rule in India was wrong? It was three centuries of wrong. It did a lot of good things, but also like no one asked them to come in and you know do all these civilizing things or whatever. Um, you know, build an entire train system, system. You know, learn our language, all of that. Um, so I wanted to know, like, how much is partition our fault? The violence of partition. And it was kind of interesting to discover that in in Yasmin Khan's book, the the historian Yasmin Khan, um, she kind of kind of places more blame. On the the uh, on the Indian side, the Pakistani side, uh, in terms of like Nehru, the the Indian political leader, the, uh, you know, Gandhi was sort of the spiritual leader of the Congress Party, which is the main party that won independence. Nehru was its political leader. Uh, Nehru, Jinnah, the Pakistani leader, uh, Mountbatten, Lord Mountbatten, the, the guy who was trying to mediate between them uh, and and with the Sikhs and with Gandhi, who met them all. All of them thought that partition would help okay. the situation. There had only been riots for a couple of years. Prior to that, like, yes, there had been Hindu-Muslim, Hindu-Muslim violence and vice versa for centuries, but it had always, it had never gotten out of hand. It was like, you know, there were riots, but it would be like tens, hundreds. Uh, okay. Suddenly in 1946, Calcutta, you get thousands of people dying. Interesting. So, Escalation. Um, 1947 you're thinking okay well we, we got like let's just go go to your corners you know uh and yeah. everyone is thinking that obviously jenner is thinking that because he wants pakistan to happen uh and there's this sort of the, the kind of trapped in this moment of like Mountbatten does not want to be there he is the last viceroy of india he's just been appointed by the socialist prime minister of great britain mm-hmm. to go right. deal with this mess like get us out of India is, you know, he doesn't right. want to That's do it. The king, the king, his cousin has to talk him into doing it. And essentially why he was very successful in a lot of negotiations, because he was literally prepared to walk away from the table. Like he did not mm. care. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, it is true that also like so, everyone wanted it. Nehru wanted it. And they also yeah. said that if you give us this now and then get out, we'll join the Commonwealth. Okay. Well, they did, right? They, All of that happened. Yes. So, interesting. So it's, that's why it happened. But did it well, have to happen? I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll just, yeah, okay. To finish the thought and to and to slam Britain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, to, to slam Mountbatten in particular. Um, I will say that the one thing that he did do wrong was to come up with the date that mm. was, as it turned out, 73 days away from um, from the, the moment they'd agreed on partition. He said, okay, we're setting a date. Partition's going to happen in 73 days. A culture of like, what, 500 million people, you know, and you've got right. to divide the entire government. In 73 days, it's lunacy. And do you know how he came up with this idea? At a press conference. 
Huh. Just, so we're just kind of thinking out loud. Questions. Yeah. And they're like, okay, when is partition going to happen? And he on the fly throws out a date. Huh, Tuesday. Date only- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like that. And he Try to get it done by Tuesday. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's funny wow. that he thought that he could do that. Um, it's funny how like, I, I don't know. I'm just, this is random, but th- yeah. th- people answering questions in the moment at press conferences has been responsible for so much weirdness in history. I mean, it wasn't yes. as violent, but like the whole Berlin wall thing was, was another like, Oh yeah. When, mm-hmm. when will people be able to do that? And it was just some rushed answer at a press conference. Oh yeah. People can absolutely yeah, go just go to, go to West Germany now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and people started showing up and then what are the border guards going to do? It's like, well, I guess he said it. So yeah, and, and and here's the thing: like, no, nobody said no. Nehru didn't yeah. say no. Jenna said no. They're like, great, right? Seventy three days. Let's do it. I don't think anyone had any idea what was. Involved. Dude, I couldn't move my house. I could. I have trouble moving my house in seventy three days. You know, just just my stuff. Um, wow, they that is did insane. Not think of what had to be divided. Like they literally had to divide libraries. You get yeah. stories of librarians arguing and tearing books into. And sending like one half of the dictionary to Pakistan and one half of the dictionary to India, right? Mm. You know, they were arguing over paper clips, chairs, fans, you know, and, and you're supposed to divide the entire country in 73 days. Was not like they, they only belatedly like organized special trains for refugees. They did not think it was inconceivable, literally inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah it's funny yeah, like because no movement like that ever. and as you like it's as you're speaking about all this insanity and on a grand scale like if you think about the episode and what manish is doing i mean it it seems even though within the episode it's it's you react in that this is incomprehensible it's set against this backdrop of extreme incomprehensibility mm. through in this entire uh historical period like and so in that context, I mean, it's not just that context, because I think it does say say some things about just how people are and certainly the mm. people on the radio whipping them into a frenzy. But it is more comprehensible than maybe it might come across yeah. in in the story. And, you know, if you ever think, um, how could this happen? I mean, like you say, like, look at look at history, look at the Civil War, look at all these places where uh either ethno religious uh groups ethno nationalism national pure nationalism it's it's pitted brother against brother literally so many times in history it arguably might be the most realistic thing about this episode yeah yeah the the muslim league had been agitating for for pakistan for a while and they'd been doing it part of the problem with that was no one had defined exactly where pakistan was going to be and you find mm. uh, maps in the in the 1945 election, the Muslim League did really well in, uh, where they've they've got like Pakistan emblazoned across a map of all of India, Greater India, is it? <laughs> okay, uh, like you know, and it just sometimes it's in the west, sometimes it's in the east. Now they were lucky that most of the provinces, if you just look at the majority minority, I mean that's sort of a horrible thing way to look at it anyway, right? Because you're creating minorities in every district. But if you just do that then there are only two provinces that you really need mm. to worry about, Punjab and Bengal. Um, so that's where okay. the line comes in. And that's where Sir Cyril Radcliffe comes in. Now, we're, we're going to do a little exercise in <laughs> are learning, we? To, learning to hate someone based on incomplete information. Okay. So 
let's hate on Sir Sarah Radcliffe first. Um, so he's a guy who'd never been to India before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he like gets to impose these two lines, one dividing this very rich, you know, breadbasket of India province called Punjab with its five rivers flowing across. And he draws a line that divides those rivers down the middle. I mean, he makes a total hash of it. There's, there's like a, there's a, a water treatment facility, I think, where the line goes through the water treatment facility. Like, and there's wilderness wow. all around. Like, why did he do that? What an idiot. He had, he didn't know India. He didn't even go out to visit the, the Punjab countryside that he was dividing. He just draws this line right through it. Uh, same with Bengal. And it was a mess. And like a big part of the problem is was, was the line uh, and was where it was drawn. And, you know, India and Pakistan had to fight over that immediately. Mm. It was kind of a porous yeah. at first, but like that, that lack of sense of anyone knowing what's going on, but here are the official lines, but what wait, I, you just put my, like the, you know, Yaz's uh, mom's uh, nanny says, you know, you, you just put my house in Pakistan and my mm. like, yeah, deal with it. Uh, like that was the response. So Cyril Radcliffe, you know, hated by history because of this WH Auden slammed him in a poem in the sixties. Like that's mm. how how bad of a person do you have to be for like this, you know, airy poet to kind of snark you in a poem? Okay, so do we? Yeah. Make so give. Um, you, uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we give yeah. we give him the worst Ogron rating we could possibly give him. Um, okay. now, but yeah. Oh, go on. Yep. Now let me tell you why that's incomplete information. <laughs> do so. Uh, he was. He was appointed. He, he did not ask for this job. He was appointed by Mountbatten. But also, he was exactly what Jinnah and Nehru wanted, which is like an independent barrister, like a, a fair mind. So they were both British public school boys. They'd been educated in the British system. They wanted like a fair-minded, neutral person who could draw this line because obviously you couldn't draw it, you know, without like the boundary mm. commission actually had two Muslim judges and two Hindu judges, uh, for each okay. no Sikh judges uh, though. No, I uh, know Sikhs kind of got shortchanged yeah. in partition. This is kind of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, it. they wanted their own Sikhistan. They didn't get it. Um, mm. but that too would have been carved out of the Punjab. Um, but so, so Cyril Radcliffe also like Mountbatten didn't want this role, uh, but felt that, you know, his, it was his duty um, and when he learned that he had like less than 70 days to do it, he said to Mount Ben, absolutely not. It's going to be a mess. Uh, I can't do it. Mount Ben says, no, you got to. He's like, can't, please, can't you just give me a little, like we were talking about independence in 1948. Why can't we just, he's like, no, no, it's got to be now. It's got to be now. The parties are agreed now. Let's do it now. Let's go now. He also goes to Jinnah and to Nehru and says, are you guys sure about this? Like, this is going to mess things up. There's no way that I can do this. Like, we don't even have good enough maps right. to, to do this. Uh, and they're like, nope, do it. Wow. Got it. Like, this is the only way to break the logjam. We trust you. Go ahead and do it. Um, and they did and, it. And they did it. And the poor guy gets slammed. I mean, he he tried. He didn't accept his salary for this. Like, it was the only thing Interesting. That he could do. Uh, he, he had to watch them be horrified. He could not go out into the countryside. He actually went to visit Lahore, could not leave his hotel 
because there were people out on the streets mm, like yelling pitchforks. at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yelling bet. at him to, to draw the line a certain way. So he could not go visit the countryside that he was dividing. So yeah, mm. I, I feel a bit better about Cyril Radcliffe than I did when I started. I feel worse about Mountbatten for, for setting this whole thing in motion. Yeah. Well, lines in the sand, lines in rivers, it's like, you know, it's just so silly. And you just sort of almost get the sense that Manish is just kind of making it up, I mean, which he kind of is, even though, you know, whatever the map says, it's kind of like mm. it only means something if you let it. And he definitely wanted to let it. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay. Listen, the corner it has been. So long. I got to exp- say, it's got to be. Yeah. I'll add a few more thoughts there. Yeah. Uh, it was like five years before they actually fortified the borders. So like it was very mm. porous at first, and that's why we well, needed guys like Manish and his goons to enforce it. Yeah, like that's exactly. basically that's people stepped up. Through. It was like people directing traffic at when there's a power outage. In this case, yeah. it's when there's a partition. We're just going to take up some rifles and just make sure people are on one side and others are on the other. Yeah, exactly what happened. And I think that my only my only fault with that scene is that they arrive on horses which sort of still along with the countryside and the holy man, the sadhu, uh, makes you think that we're in sort of, you know, ancient rural India. Well, no, India was like a um, kind of a modern thriving, not industrial state, but certainly like they, they had, they had tanks, they had rifles, they had, yeah. you, know, they, yeah. you know, so the idea of if, if those goons had arrived in like motorized vehicles, suddenly the first ones that we see in the whole story, I think that would be so wonderfully and appropriately jarring to be like, whoa. Yeah, that's fair. Cause they come up on horseback and yeah. yeah, it plays into this countryside notion. Maybe I, I think that would have been good because not only would it have been jarring, it would have made you think more about the world outside of this countryside village that we're, we're we've been with. Right. And what, what this is in. Yeah. That would have been a good call. So I think we also have to answer a few questions as we emerge from the history corner. And those questions are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. First question, why did the randomizer take us here? Okay, Uh, so (laughs) think about where we were just at. We were at a Christmas carol, and that was all about changing sort of one person's personal history to make things a little better. And here is kind of the opposite idea of leaving that history alone because, mm. well, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you, you want to preserve who the person is in, in the modern time or the, the current time. Um, also, but I think that you, know, you can go beyond that and say like, we need to preserve this because it's just important to witness it. We don't, we, you know, it's not our place to change it, mm. but we need to look straight at it. And I think that's kind of the, the contrast here. Yes. So <laughs> we talked about the fact that I, I asked for something less, less sort of morally weighty, less naughty, <laughs> less cerebral. A light read. I, I, I'm not going to dare ask that of the randomizer ever again. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like last, uh, Curse of Camera was about interference. Uh, like, you know, the, it was sort of, sort of a partition thing. Like, oh, 4,000 people are going to die on that, on that ship. So I have to meddle in you know, uh, Kazran's life. Now, <laughs> that's kind of what was happening with India, that these these elites, these public schoolboys that, you know, Mountbatten and Nehru in general were uh, were kind of just deciding that, oh yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna mess with the whole fabric of the entire country uh, because we're gonna save lives. But 
you know, is it? Yeah. Right? Like it's it's a trolley problem, and you know, you see, we saw that the Doctor almost messed that one up in a Christmas Carol. He almost, you know, Kazran almost almost hits his its younger self. Um, mm, but yeah. yeah, so I, I think that there's the other reason that I personally needed to learn about partition. A lot of personal reasons, and boy, did I! Um, I've also got a bi generation connection. Like it's a oh wow, thing. go like you know because we're all bi generations on our minds. Like that's kind of what. It's kind of the nice version of partition, right? Right, quite literally creating two out of one, and um, you know. But that's this is kind of a historical example of where bi generation went terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah, I, I could say that for sure. All right, folks, moving on to the second question, which is: What if the evil plot had succeeded? Well, it did. Yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. So it's like Manish's, the whole point of it is that the evil plot has to succeed and Manish's uh, actions lead to Prem's getting killed. Um, and you could sort of expand that to the large scale and that the evil plot being the partition itself. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not judging uh, like so and putting up some alternate history where everything was all, you know, rainbows and roses. Um, but, you know, certainly a lot of evils happened because of it. Um, I, I think you kind of almost like for if we have to reverse the question in this case, right? It's like, what if the evil plot didn't succeed? And mm. does that then become the doctor rescuing Prem? helping him get away and Yaz pops out of existence and does the doctor find some other end run to sort of make sure she stays uh, a real person that could be possible yeah then the doctor spends the rest of her regeneration just like meddling around in indian history like trying to recreate the conditions to bring Yaz back she keeps going further and further back she goes back to the moguls like you know, it just uh, and it just gets worse and worse. Well, that that would be a season arc. I'd, I'd watch the hell out of that. Um, hmm. I think if you look, I mean, you, you I don't know if I'd watch the hell out of that. But <laughs> go on. You, you raise an interesting point that um, the evil plot it, it isn't necessarily Manish's. The evil part is Manish calling in the goon squad. Right now, you could right. say that the, the goon well, squad that's Manish, that basically right? governed. Yes. Um, hmm. But it's it, like it's the goon squad itself that's the evil plot. The goon squad is being everywhere. You know, to, to quote Yates, you know, in this, the second coming, the the worst are full of passionate intensity. That was really. I kind of knew you didn't mean Captain Yates there, but anyway, go on. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the, really the story of partition was that the worst were full of passionate intensity, and it was all the criminals and the people who were, you know, who wanted to slaughter and the extremists who were kind of in charge. In the, in the absence of the British, in the absence of the new countries having any sort of force, in the absence that was supposed to have a Punjab border force, like that thing disintegrated basically straight away. You know, it worked in Bengal because Gandhi was, as Mountbatten said, my one-man border force. Hmm. So Interesting. you could definitely see a, a version of partition where the violence just keeps going. Right? That would be the evil plot succeed. Now it did on on a lower scale, but like, what if there were there were millions more to kill? You know, there were more refugees. Like, if if India and Pakistan hadn't got a a hold on the refugee crisis by you know the fifties, which they they still kind of didn't, but like it could have been a lot worse. Mm, okay. Uh, 
people hadn't known how bad it was. This could have gone on and on and on. Uh, instead of which, we've just got two, you know, uh, nuclear-armed countries kind of is way outspending what they need to on military budget every year, just you know, pointing weapons at each other. Mm. Uh, I guess that's that's the that's avoiding the full evil plot is that they're not actually in a shooting war at the moment. Well, you know, <laughs> thank the the world for small favors. Um, okay, I think we've exhausted that one. Why don't we move on to the third question, which is where is the Clara Splinter? Well, uh, you've got to say that because I mean, especially after I've read about all of this violence. And uh, like, not to get too graphic, but I, I will say that the, one of the only ways that it was assumed that you could tell if someone was a Muslim in India uh, was that they were circumcised. Mm, okay. Uh, so you can kind of just imagine that the kind of result from that, that, you know, there was, there was a lot of defiling uh, and, and removal. <laughs> Dude, you got to stop uh, the history corner at some point. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> the, the grimness. I, I don't know if we can take it. it. What I'm saying here is the real history of partition is much more violent than uh-huh. what they did, uh, what, yeah. what we saw in the documentary. We're looking for Clara, Chris. So, <laughs> Clara is keeping the roving bands at bay. For, okay. And, and the other villagers, because I assume that they're not just living in a house by themselves, you know, or, right. you know Prem in one house and, uh, uh, you know, Umbreen in the other. Uh, you know, Prem and Manish on one side. Like, two houses is all we actually see, and it is yeah. part of the genius of the script that you don't much think beyond that. But there's got to be other people other than the Sadhu. And, uh, yeah. It's, know, it's, so. I, you know, it's, it's all budgets and TV, and it's, they, they, they shot this episode in Spain. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, maybe. you know, they had what they had, and maybe there just wasn't enough time or enough uh, to work with there to sort of create a credible village set essentially because basically you see the barn you see the inside of the house you see the countryside and really not much else um so it's, it's very very rural um so yes, but yeah, the, yeah given that this is right on the border mm-hmm. uh, i think we are we are to assume that manish is correct because a lot of stuff got leaked uh, yeah india was kind of a leaky sieve for, for journalists at this point and so yeah it's not out of the bounds of reason that he would have got the border uh, ahead of the official announcement because it was there in uh, the viceroy's house, uh, in in sealed envelopes, you know, mm. there, there would have been people who saw that. Um, so, so there should have been roving bands all over the place. Like this, these guys should have been visited before this wedding should have been stopped. This wedding would have been notorious. So Clara is uh, distracting them, keeping them at bay. Um, she's she's a dancing girl. Uh, yeah. you know, she's getting getting the <laughs> uh, getting the roving bands drunk. You know. Uh, yeah. stopping them from going up that road trying to do her bit i can see that i actually placed her in the present day and the daffodil that umbreen gives uh, her granddaughter i figured that was maybe something from clara somehow because it couldn't just be something preserved from before i thought because it would have withered right so i figured you know maybe she's doing that thing to make sure you know they stay steer clear of autons <laughs> because daffodil auton right so <laughs> so it's a real daffodil not a plastic one i gotta say like this there's, there's too much to mention about dean's the punjab but um but you just reminded me of it uh vinay patel 
had a weird case of life imitating art where he went to see his grandmother before she went to India. And this is after the episode had screened. She, she hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And she gave him his dead grandfather's broken old watch. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, he's got a picture of it on Twitter. Boom. Uh, he did an amazing thread on, on this, by the way. Go, go, go check it out on the History of Partition. Cool. We'll link it to the show notes. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we need to answer the final question, the ultimate question, the only question that matters for demons of the Punjab. What did we think of this story? The Pull to Open rating system has six ratings. There's the Dalek, which we give to a good episode of Doctor Who. The Ogron, we give to a bad episode of Doctor Who. The Professor Hater, we give to a not-so-great episode, but at least we learned something. The Viscount Banger, which we reserve for the best of the best. The Fixed Point in Time, which is a show beyond rating. And The Lady Cassandra, which is a show with a paper-thin plot, but at least it looks good. All right, well, I'll give you the last word on this. I'm just going to say this was a very nice Dalek for me. It was definitely shinier than the last time. I think there are some weak spots in the story that would have easily been fixed had they talked to a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much good stuff in this story. Like, there's great characters. There's great performances. I'm kind of mad that they didn't fill in some of the plot stuff with the aliens and the villagers' reaction to them with something more believable so you're not caught up in that. Uh, and again, points for taking on history that is very weighty and relatively unexplored. Um, but, you know, particularly that third act, I'm really torn on it because the characters are just kind of watching what's happening. And yes, they're taking part in it, but they can't do anything. Um, it makes the whole thing a little bit uh, hollow in some ways. So mm. I, I can't give it the highest rating. Uh, there's also that a couple of really annoying things. Uh, actually, really just one, which is the whole Sheffield thing. I wish they'd left out. I wish it like did, you didn't need it. You didn't need her to actually point to the the town and say like that's where I'm going to go and make it some kind of dartboard thing. That was just kind of silly to me. Like she, she just ended up at Sheffield. You don't have to mention it. We know where she's going. We know where Yaz is. People just end up in places. You don't have to explain it. That really annoyed me for some reason. Um, and the other thing is so minor. I, I'm not even going to mention it. So, so <laughs> it is a, just the Sheffield point. Like it is, uh, a good point. Like having having now seen this episode from an Indian perspective, I, my friend, like it is a good point that you know, like English names do sound weirdly exotic. Uh, you know, <laughs> that far away from them, the fact that Sheffield sounds exotic to uh, to Umbreen, I think, is um, you know, is it's kind of nice. Yeah, you, you sort of need to jump through a few hoops to get. Like, did she really just stick her finger on the map? Uh, yeah. What if she had? What, what if she'd hit Yakutsk? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I, I had a similar thing of like being a child and want, wondering where in the, the globe I wanted to live. And I remember stopping my finger on uh, Vancouver, uh, hmm. Vancouver, British Columbia. So that's apparently where I'm destined to move to in, in the long run. Um, yeah. Nice town. You could <laughs> nice do a lot town. worse. Uh, I will say, so before I talk about my rating, I will say that uh, I think that my my Indian non-Doctor Who watching friend would, would agree with you. That is Dalek. She did like it as a story. Interesting. The thing that she noticed was like you could. She immediately she was like, you can tell that they're British actors, and it's right. not necessarily 
like the way the way that they're talking. Uh, and by the way, I love how the, TARDIS the accents. Somebody gave it away. <laughs> anyway, go. I like I like how the TARDIS translation thing works in this. Like where where yeah. uh, Prem says, "Oh, your Punjabi's good." Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a bit weird. She did think it was a bit weird that they would just show up in the countryside, you know, random Brits. Uh, but there is that nice line about "I'd keep that to yourselves that you're, you're British, right? Keep it to yourselves right now." Um, but and everyone just sort of accepts it. Uh, that seems a bit weird. But the gestures, the mannerisms, is is what uh, is what she was talking about. Like it's they, these are clearly English actors doing English mannerisms, not Indian. And then we went to watch the the TV version of Tomas, and I could see what she was talking about. Like you know, there's the the, the, the Indian head waggle is like is is often like there's a more formality of like how you stand and how. You, so that was a wonderful mm, insight. Like alien alien cultures, you know, that, that we like we are all alien cultures to each other. We don't fully understand like even when we're trying to do something nice and respectful and thoughtful like this. Um, but what is it for me? Well, I, I gotta say this this is for me, this is my favorite Jody. Um, and I've already given Rosa uh, a, a Viscount banger. So I kind of have to do the same for this because this this affected me more. Um, this, this, like, it made me cry twice. It did that Lord Reith, Sidney Newman thing that we talked about on the podcast ad nauseum, Doctor Who being educational. It did it for me as an adult. Like, I, it gave me nice. enough of a toehold in what partition is that I could then use that to, to go explore on my own. And wow, I, I mean, it was intense, but I'm glad I did. So, full marks, Doctor Who, for doing that. But I don't want to call it a Viscount banger. I still mm, think it's a banger, not a banger. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I still think it's a banger. But the trouble is that Mountbatten was a Viscount, <laughs> and I'm kind of a little mad at Mountbatten. So I think that I'm going to dub this uh, once only with the the uh, moniker that was given to Gandhi because he was he was known as a great soul and great soul in uh, in Hindi Mahat. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think this, this story has great, great soul. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a Mahatma banger. Okay. <laughs> nice. I like that. It's, uh, be the, you know, stand in solitary <laughs> status is that, uh, yes. is the Mahatma, but you know, we'll, uh, it'll, the same we'll, level as the Viscount. Exactly. Just, we'll put that in the, the hot 100 the as the you know, Gandhi and uh, Mountbatten became very good friends, actually. So, you know, kind of kind of appropriate that they're on the same level for this. Good stuff. All right, Spotify listeners, you know what to do now. Go into your app, rate the story how you would rate it. Is it a Dalek? Is it a Viscount banger? Uh, I'm sorry, we don't have the Mahatma in there. But maybe we'll, uh, maybe we will, actually. Maybe we'll chill. I'm going to, just this, this one time, time only, we'll alter the poll. <laughs> Just this once, Rose. All right. Uh, yeah. Future me, mental note of that. And now present me will go into our own device to find out where we're going next. And that is, of course, the randomizer. That's right. Randomizer consists of two parts. Two parts. Only two. Only two. One, one is the codex, which I have in front of me now. All the Doctor Who stories in existence uh including all the way up to the giggle right now in our present time and 
We are going to pick one of those with the other part of the randomizer, which of course is the executor, random.org. Random.org, where we use bespoke randomness. Yes, I'm so glad to get an Artardis and uh, flee flee like a refugee from partition uh, and and, uh, get somewhere else. Now, first thing to do is uh, Pete's going to give me the number from the codex of how many Doctor Who stories because we're now adding the church on Ruby Road. Should we do that? Okay, we can do that. You can add the church. When this podcast goes up, that will have aired. So, you know, uh, we can... We can do that. So we'd have to do two in a row then a hot take and a less hot take, I guess. (laughs) But, um, okay. Well that, you know what that means of course, is that the number of stories that we have left to do is still at 199. Wow. Yes. Our random.org segment of our TARDIS console is stuck. We tried banging it on a hammer, but it stays at 199 every week. Uh, thank you specials. So before I hit the generate button and random.org, by the way, the reason they use that is it uses atmospheric noise uh, and the jarons in the atmosphere rather than the guess at randomness, which is what an algorithm does. Um, before we do that, we issue some challenges and uh, <laughs> I'm so hesitant to say take us to somewhere easier where I don't have to read as much, but, uh, but I'm going to say screw it. Like let's let me use some reverse psychology here. No, give give me give me the weightiest Doctor Who episode. Give me something <laughs> that is going to have me like on the floor with, or against the wall, like smoking cigarettes and and having red lines go between things on the wall. Give me a like full on thing that's going to occupy every single brain cell. Nice. Bring it on. All right. Well. I recently did a bit of an inventory, uh, not an official inventory, but like just a look at the codex and sort of how many we've done of each doctor. And I'm feeling like we've been, or the randomizer has been neglecting McCoy. Now, certainly McGann is your triple Yahtzee. He's got one adventure, but we've only done one McCoy in our entire run battlefield. And there's, you know, he, he, that was obviously a time the show was being cut back. There aren't a ton of McCoy adventures, but there's more than Battlefield. So uh, let's get stop giving McCoy the short shrift here. Let's uh, yeah. let's get some McCoy. Yeah, there are so many of his that I haven't seen. So you know, mm. give us give us the best. Give us the ones that most feel, feel the most real, like this, like Demons of the Punjab. Give us the real McCoy. I like that. I like uh, that too. All right, all right so, so we do the real ca- McCoy with lots of intense uh, reading to do. I'm not sure what that would be. He's got some stuff. Oh, I know what that would be. Let's see if we get it. Are you ready for a countdown? I'm ready for the countdown. All right. Four, three, two, one. Are you sitting comfortably? Ten. Ten. Hartnell. It's got to be Hartnell. Got to be Hartnell. <gasps> the chase. <gasps> oh, my God. Get goodness. ready. Get ready <laughs> to pursue... Some commentary on a William Hartnell Dalek episode in the oh, chase. We are going back God. to London, 1965, among yes, other places. And my goodness, I did ask. I, I feel like I brought this on because I asked if we had a uh, a Beatles bingo. 
Uh, I remember doing the Three Doctors. So we had the I Am a Walrus lyrics in the Three Doctors, and we talked about how the Beatles were also in the chase. So this yeah, you were asking for it. You do. You must have known we were. We there was still the chase to do. Why were you even asking about the bingo card? You're tempting the randomizer. Well, it's caught up to that comment. We're doing the chase. The chase will be our first Doctor Who story to talk about in the year 2024. Folks, I am really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to a new year and a new uh, renewed Doctor Who with uh, none other than Shudi Gatwa. So that's going to be amazing. Folks, yeah, this has been to stepping back into your time stream shortly and recording our episode on the Church on Ruby Road, which you've probably just listened to. So, mm. yeah, about to get timey wimey with it. Folks, this has been Pulled to Open. It is, of course, a podcast, and podcasts are great things to subscribe to. So go ahead and do that now. Uh, listen to us on all of <laughs> all of the podcast apps. No, not you personally, but you can. And you have your pick of them. You can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash pull to open. We're very active on TikTok, pull to open, pull to open 63 on X slash Twitter. Uh, and you can find us on pretty much anything, either pull to open 63 or pull to open. Just look for it and drop say, us a yes, line. Do, do listen to our podcasts on all of the platforms that you can, just to make sure that it's the same. Maybe maybe we've inserted an Easter egg of a slightly different version of the podcast on a, on a format that you don't normally listen to. So go go check that out. Could and, happen. Uh, yes. And then while while you're doing that, we will go on a chase, and we will see you on the internet 2024. See you back here, folks. <laughs>